You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. They haven't got the leader yet, little frosty, but look at Lacano go. Lacano pulled out three wide as unleashing a powerhouse run. Lacano has ranged up the frosty imp and the MZ of Lacano took the lead as they turned for home. Kamana King into the clear as flashing home. Then Lehigh Ladd and further back, Pure Steel. Lacano the leader, but it's Kawana. Kawana King has pounced on him. Kawana King takes the lead and is sprinting away to win the grand final. A great win. Yeah, we count down to the Inter Dominion at Albion Park, only weeks away. And, of course, Koala King, we know how good he was. He won the... That was John Tapp's broadcast. Of course, 1980 was the year. Koala King. Of course, the following year was San Simeon, then Rhett's Law and Gamalite, 83 and 84. And then Pro Chevalier Village Kid, My Lightning Blue. Chris Barsby, good morning to you. Yes, Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Some great names there. And what a horse he was. Koala King, Ray Wisby, Brian Hancock... And that was the start of the uh, the term Mr. Inter-Dominion for Brian Hancock. As we know, he won three straight with our Sir Vancelot. So that was 97, 98, 99. Uh, he had great success. We owned a warrior as well. But uh, yeah, running down Lacano, he was the Kiwi horse. Big flashy chestnut. Yeah. Mm. R.D. Butt, Robin Butt, one of uh, you know the greatest guys you'll ever meet on, on planet Earth. He is a true gentleman. So... Um, yeah, some great memories there. And I'm sure, you know, there's going to be another great name added to it. Leap to Fame, who's the series favourite, steps out on Saturday night. It's an intriguing race. We touched on this earlier in the week, Steve. Drawn the inside of the second row over a mile. There's another feature race coming up next week, which carries more prize money. Inter-Dominion starts on December 1. So what's the mindset for Grant Dixon going into this race tomorrow night? Can he pull back, come around the entire field at a mile? Is that what he's got to do? Because well, you were saying that there's speed, a horse with blistering speed mm -hmm. off the arm. Um, the inside horse has got speed as well. Yeah. So potentially three fence if he doesn't drag back. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what he's going to do, Steve. I really don't because I, I don't think he'd want to attempt pulling back at the start, coming around the entire field. I think that's almost impossible. Yeah, well, he's done it before, but as you mentioned, that was yeah. in a longer race. Yeah. So it, it's going to be fascinating to see... How he drives it, does he just punch through at the start, try and work off as quickly as possible, drive for a little bit of luck? If he gets the luck, he'll put them away. There's no question. But it's going to be interesting just to see what his mind said. It'll be interesting to see how the bookies react too. Do they chance their arm with him tomorrow night? He's $1.75. Could we get black figures? You'd say not, wouldn't you? Like he's two fifty to win the Inter Dominion final. Yeah, well, he's you're talking about a dollar eighty for a race here at Albion Park, mm. just a free for all type race. So, what happens if he gets beaten? How big a change do we see to the market for the Inter Dominion if he gets beaten tomorrow night? I don't think a lot of change, Chris, because we know if he doesn't get, if he doesn't win and he's beaten, he'll probably be, a, you know, a huge performance yeah, in any yeah, case. Good thing beaten, or, or he's held up or something yeah. like that, or just circumstances, you know, where he had to do work. Or, but we know what we're going to get with him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be you know, fascinating. What do you do? You back the best horse in the race and hope for the best, or you just, you know? Yeah, anyway, this guy will give us an insight, yeah, won't he? Uh, Andrew uh, Spagnola. Just back to um, Brian Hancock. Why does this, what happened that night? Because um, Howard James sticks in my memory. Yeah. Was it Miracle Mile where Brian got replaced, or Howard James drove the winner? Yeah, well, Howard James drove our Sir Vancelot to win a Miracle Mile, and Howard James 
also drove Thorate to win the Inter-Dominion over in Adelaide at Globe Derby. So that was, what, 1990, I think it was? Yeah. Um, and Brian was driving another horse. Uh, it was a Weona horse. Uh, Weona Chief. Okay. So, yeah. So he had two qualified finalists, but he, he went the wrong way. So That's it was right. sort of shades of... Vin Knight in 1988 or 89, or both, I think it was. One year he picked off our maestro to drive Bag Limit. Our maestro led all the way for Johnny Binskin. And then over in Perth, he, he, he opted off uh, Jody's Babe to partner one of the other stable runners, and Scott Stewart took the winning drive on Jody's mm. Babe. Now, just, I just remember yeah. that because at the time I thought, well, who is this guy? I didn't know much about Howard yeah. James. Yep. Um, anyway... I remember he used to wear glasses. Uh, yeah, very sort of tall. Tightly spoken fella. Yep, very tall yeah. uh, gentleman. Still going around now. Uh, punches around a couple of horses down in Sydney. Often campaigns here in Queensland. So he's been with some good horses with the Hancock stable. Yeah. Andrew Spagnuolo is with us now, Chris. Andrew, good morning. Morning, Chris. How are we going? Yeah, really well. I'm sure you've have, uh, you'd have some great um, stories of inter-dominions of, of old. Yeah, definitely. I, um, I've actually had the pleasure of meeting Howie James, actually a top bloke, and um, I asked him a few times at the, the Miracle Mile wins. I used to get to Harold Park every year for the Miracle Mile. So as a younger pup, I was, I was probably a bigger fan of the Miracle Mile because it was on my doorstep, so to speak. But uh, the Inter Dominion, uh, one of the, to this day, one of the landmark and standout series across all sporting codes, in my opinion. Yeah, I tend to agree. Uh, another thing that I'll touch on later with Darren Clayton, he he put up something on on his social media account. I'm I'm told uh, about horses with gate speed, and we we're talking about turn it up and how he's expected to lead this race tomorrow night. So we'll touch on that in just a moment. But you do a lot of replays. You've been around following harness racing for a long time. As far as you know, the fastest horse that you've seen off the gate. Can you give me a name? Oh, uh, geez, put me on the spot. I guess uh, at Menangle, better be uh, better bet black um, would probably be one of the quicker ones. Yeah. If I'm saying his name correct. Um, I'll tell you, a lesser known horse that you'd know. Renegade Master was pretty quick off the arm at Albion yeah. Park. Would you agree? Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, to be honest, off the top of my head, probably not, not that many would come to mind, but there's been so many, it's hard to keep up. Mm. Whirly Dream, was it days, fast off the gate all those years ago? Whirly Dream? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it was a good case. Before my time, I think, that one. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to look it up if they did replays back then. Yeah, back in the 50s, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Someone will send me through something, I hope. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we'll touch on that race in just a moment with Leap to Fame. But firstly tonight, I'm keen to get your thoughts on this WA Derby. The hype surrounding Never Ending is huge, and rightly so. His record speaks for itself. Only the one loss in 13 starts. He's $1.35. So... Are you guys tempted to sort of push out that price or do you think he'll start perhaps even shorter or that's just about the mark for him? Looking at betting so far, it does seem to be the mark for him because we opened 135. He literally went to a dollar forty when we when we laid Sky Lou, the one horse, early. Uh, he touched 140 probably for all but five minutes and we laid the dollar forty. So to answer your question, I'm tipping he's going to start very close between one thirty and a dollar forty, unless unless there's pre-race interviews that suggest they're happy to hand up to him and therefore he'll start a dollar twenty. However, on paper you wouldn't assume that's that's going to be uh, likely. So yeah, I guess as percentages get down, he, he could go past that dollar forty mark again. Um, but yeah, if I had to put money on it between a dollar thirty and a dollar forty, would be would be my prediction. Okay, well, that's the derby tonight. We look forward to that. That's race five at Gloucester Park. 
Albion Park tomorrow night, night one of the Racing Queensland Summer Carnival. So basically between now and Christmas time, we're going to have uh, feature races each and every Saturday night. And there's going to be some great talent. The Inter Dominion Series starts December 1, so we're only weeks away. As far as the Be Good Johnny Sprint is concerned, leap to fame, he's $1.70. We've got Future Assured $4, Hot and Treacherous $7.50, Turn It Up just in front of him, $7, and then we're looking at Black Sedans. He's at $15. So, as we just discussed, drawn the inside of the second row, he's got the Queensland Cup next week, which is worth more money than tomorrow night, and then the Inter-Dominion is only weeks away. How does he attack this race tomorrow night, Grant Dixon, in your opinion? I think I think he's a big chance of driving for luck. I think if an opportunity comes to come off the fence presents early, he'll definitely come off the fence. I've seen a lot of good horses get beat pulling from inside the second row in, in all grades of races, but particularly in, in um, the, the quicker run races over a mile. So it, for my two cents, I think he's a massive chance of staying to the fence early. Um, if, if he does get out, obviously he wins. If he doesn't get out, he'll be a moral beaten, but he will be better for the run and as you touched on he's got a lot a lot of bigger races or bigger fish to fry down the track so do you gamble with him tomorrow night do you tease punters a little bit and sort of push out the price or do you yeah. just let it sort itself out early on i think we opened him at dollar 70 and we laid him straight away so it makes it difficult to push bets in punters faces that particularly the early money it generally as i said last week those betting early generally um, go well late, well, sorry, go well lifetime. So you don't want to disregard the early money, but looking at the the market now, he's back to a dollar seventy. At at a guess, we'll probably be more aggressive naturally. Come closer to jump time. So the instructions will be um, put him in for something, and hopefully we can get the result. He, he has become he, he went from um, the bookie's enemy to the bookie's best friend, uh, old Larry. So. He owes us nothing, so to speak, so we, we might have to take him on tomorrow night. Okay. Has there been any interest in a few of these other horses, the likes of Future Assured, Hot and Treacherous, Turn It Up? Interesting enough, uh, yes. Future Assured's probably the uh, the other firmer in the race. Uh, the rest of the the rest of the runners, unless I'm mistaken, um, I checked not long ago that there was very little to no interest in, which I, I find um, rather rather surprising because on, on my map, I would have thought the one safe, uh, prediction on the race is that turn it up gets over would you agree absolutely and then from there that puts potentially puts future assured and maybe uh, leap to fame to some degree in a lot of lot of trouble particularly if turn it up hands up uh, is there a world where turn it up lets black sedans go if he's first there I, that's well, is he getting out to a crazy price the track record holder i open him a bit shorter with that possibility but He's been a definition of friendless early in betting. It's a good point you raise that the possibility that turn it up may hand over. And the question is, who does he hand over to? I think there's only two options, hot and treacherous or black sedans, whoever gets there first. But there probably is that possibility they may opt for cover with turn it up. Yeah, t tactically, you think it's a smart move. Yeah. And he, he'd have a horse, well, he, he market-wise, he'd have a, a longer price horse to run down rather than a shorter price horse on his back. On what we've seen, a hot, hot and treacherous, if he was to work to the top, he would he'd nearly be the new favourite, would he not? So, yeah, it really is um, a great rendition. And I, I think we've been very lucky of late, um, particularly 
probably in Queensland, but also Victoria, was group one races. The draws have made them really interesting contests rather than the best horse drawing, you know, favourably to lead and basically end, end a section as soon as the fields came out. So it's a great race, courtesy of, of uh, Leap to Fame being in it, but also, um, and probably in this case, because of the draw. Yeah, I think uh, deep down when you look at this race, it's a real head-scratcher. 100%. Anyone who, who who knows the result now as far as if if uh, Leap to Fame's definitely going to come off and come wide, they're a brave man if they're tipping into him at $1.70 because to, to do that over a mile would be truly next level and with, with those bigger races ahead could even be dangerous to his prep, win, lose or draw. Mm. It's going to be a fascinating race. That's race five at 8.18 Queensland time tomorrow night. What about the peak of the creek we had the heats on tuesday four heats and they went fast time in each of the heats all three-year-olds successful rd's flash went up the favorite connections chose barrier one he went the quickest of the four heats 151.7 others in the market here we've got five dollars okay boomer five dollars whisperer secret 550 a rotor they were the heat winners so what's the activity been like so far yeah i got this one wrong i went up close enough to 270 Artie's flash and it's just one-way traffic he's into a dollar 90 with us short or elsewhere the assumption is that he'll just lead and win i'm assuming from punters um my thoughts on on, on the price was uh, it's that deeper quality of, of, a, of a field i thought i was going up over his horses like okay boomer and i rode a whisper a secret and the likes but punters just are acting like they're not in the race this will be one-way traffic with leader peter out in the lead i guess a few question marks to me um that the horse he does seem to have really high speed and he proved on tuesday even got a bit of bottom to him does have a rather short backup and would like to see him do it twice um, before i took odds on personally but he's clearly the one to beat. Mm. It was interesting. Uh, immediately after the barrier draw on Tuesday, there was a school of thought, oh, what will he take cover on? Because he proved that he's a very good horse chasing, you know, uh, yep. rivals down. But as we get closer to start time now, uh, it, it seems certain that he's going to lead and lead all the way. But that surely presents a perfect opportunity for a horse like a rotor drawn directly behind him. You'd think so. And a road has been... More than competitive in those uh, features, whether it be the the lead, the lead up to the Group Ones or even just finishing um, amongst the pack in, in the Group Ones, the derbies and the like, or the, the, those lead up races in, in in the Winter Carnival. Whisper of Secrets done nothing wrong. You thought you'd think he might be even sharper after that uh, that hit out and OK Boomer. Um, probably perhaps a lot of these may have needed the run. I guess is where I'm going on Tuesday, and some will either benefit from the run Tuesday, and others perhaps may regress. There is a chink in Artie's, um, in Artie's armour. We, we may see it up the straight if, if he doesn't back up or if he is needing to be driven sit sprint. All right, but it's one-way traffic for Artie's flash to take out the peak of the creek. So a number of features there at Albion Park tomorrow night. Meldon also have a really good card tomorrow night. Two races that I wanted to focus on, the four- and five-year-old championship and also the Queen of the Pacific. The four- and five-year-old championship... Uh, the favourite is Act now, last start of Victoria Cup winner, went off at huge odds. He's the favourite just in front of Catch a Wave at 280. Uh, 420 Major Moth, 460 Beyond Delight, $8 Better Eclipse, interest free and early scratching. Firstly, Catch a Wave, what, what do we make of him after his defeat last week? You tell me, and we'll both know. He's Victoria, Victoria Cup run. I'm assuming anyone who used the database or, or kept, kept a log of. of of the rating, it would have blown up most machines, and then he comes out and gets beat in 
a substandard free-for-all the, the following week. So I couldn't tell you. I can tell you we both know he's a class animal. He's getting out It's getting out to $3 plus, you'd you think, come jump time. Um, it seems a good price for a horse of his quality, uh, yeah, a horse of his ability. Um, which one turns up? Are we, are we at that stage with him or is he just one of those mm. horses that, uh, you know, he needs... But perhaps it's it's on his terms or whatever whatever the trick is to him and you've just got to hope he's on his game that yeah. night. Andrew, I watched that last week and I know I specialise obviously in work with the thoroughbreds and when you see a horse over racing in the thoroughbreds, they sometimes just don't finish off and they're using energy and he just raced a bit keen within himself last week, didn't he, up outside the lead there when she got going on him? Yeah, he does do that though. Like if you look at his big cup run, um, Kate sort of used him at the start and he sort of was on the chewy throughout and then he still ran that, that bottler of a race. Perhaps he's a little bit flat from the Vic Cup after the, after that gut buster and last week he just was a bit too fresh as you allude to. He, he definitely does seem that I think Andy's touched on. He, he sort of has a bit of a mind of his own and as you allude to the over racing um, situation. Is this the perfect setup for him? A five horse um, classy field but a five horse field they may just drop him out and come with one run and try to utilise that sprint and get him to settle. Or do they chance their, their arm at the start and, and burn over? On paper, I think he'll cross them if he wants to, um, whether or not they, they take that risk because of what you said about the over-racings is a good point. Well, tactics, it's going to be so important. So Emma Stewart's got, what, three runners in the field of five and the other runners, uh, Greg Sugar's Jess Tubbs with better Eclipse. So I think it's going to be a real tactical battle. Yeah, it's, it, I actually think this could be a, a good little um, test for harness racing in general. We, we've seen greyhounds try the uh, the match races. Well, now we've got five very good horses in again in amongst themselves racing on on one of the you know, premier tracks on a, on a night there where they could, if it's warm enough, they they may run a bit of time even though it's twenty two hundred. So. Uh, I hope it's not a procession and we don't see much action until the last 400. If it is a truly run race, we could be in for one of the better five-horse ra- five races we've ever seen. Well, tell me this. At, at this point, who do you think will start favourite come jump time tomorrow night? Well, looking at the betting, the uh, Catchwave Act now, uh, Better Eclipse, pretty much friendless. Major Moth and Beyond Delight are the ones they've come for, which is interesting in itself because Major Delight was a massive drifter first up in the Geelong Cup and then Beyond Delight probably needed the run and was, was doing good things late, I guess. So they both were good in the Geelong Cup, but you'd think their form lines leading into it were, were not as good as the Catch Away and Act Now and Better Eclipse. So to answer your question, that's another thing, uh, interesting thing for this race. I would say Acnell will run favourite. I think Catchaways might keep drifting and looking at the betting, Major Moth will, will challenge for either favouritism or, or a clear second pick. OK. Race five, the Queen of the Pacific. This promises to be a great race for the Mares. They're all there. Ladies in red, 225. Uh, we've got 380 in Cypher, 390 Amore Vita and the Sydney Mayor, Brave U Kelly, at $5. So... How do you sort of play this race? Yeah, it was a very tricky one to price because Ladies in Red was emphatic last week. Perhaps it only became a 400-metre sprint home. That, that, that's my concern about that race. She obviously went super and she's obviously going really good again. However, she's going to have to do a stack of work. I I personally couldn't split them initially with, with reference to um, their current form until Ladies in Red drew two and the others drew, in my opinion, um, more favourably. So she's been with us anyway, 
little bit easy in betting. The one that's come for, as you've touched on, is in Cypher. I probably don't show her enough respect given she's won the Eureka and whatnot. Um, and more EV to her win, I think it was two runs ago, was was next level. And Bravia Kelly, the, the betting suggests she's not even in the race. It's, it's quite phenomenal. And she showed last week, perhaps not against the best, but she showed that she's definitely going really good again. So what happens early, I, I, I would have thought and more Vida on in, on most speed maps at some stage works at the top, and if that's the case, to me she's going to be very hard to beat. But she's she's been she's been steady, but at the same time fairly friendless compared to some others. Okay, it's a great weekend coming up. Uh, the end of Dominion, as I said, December one. So just going back to that situation, he's two fifty currently leap to fame. If he gets beaten tomorrow night, will there be any sort of change? Well, I agree with the, the sentiments early on in that conversation you had about him that no one, a lot of people wouldn't be expecting him to set the world on fire, win, lose or draw tomorrow night, given where his preparation is up to. So unless he goes horribly or pulls off from the second row and breaks the track record, I don't think that market will change much at all. The fact that he, if he was to lose again tomorrow may just put that doubt in punter's mind that, you know, he, he perhaps isn't a great betting proposition, but might be a superstar of a horse still, just maybe not a betting proposition. And by virtue of that, he may drift out in futures as we get closer. And for my mind, he's still definitely the one to beat. And he's, he's got the benefit of, of it being on his doorstep. All right. Well, we'll know more tomorrow night. No question about that. Andrew, as always, really appreciate the time. We'll touch base next week. Thanks, Chris. Talk soon. Here's Andrew Spagnolo joining us from the tab. You can check out all those prices. Just go to the website, tab.com.au. There's plenty to look at. We need a winner for the weekend. Ryan Spice joins us, as he does each and every Friday. Ryan, good morning. Morning, Mr. Barthy. How are we? Yeah, really well. Help us here with this Leap to Fame situation tomorrow night. How are you sort of looking at this race? Chris, I think this is definitely a uh, sort of popcorn type of race. Just sit back and enjoy it for what it is. I don't think you could be taking odds on about the good horse from that draw. I think they need to take their medicine and use it as a prep run, stay to the inside over the mile, hope for luck. If he gets it, good and well. If he doesn't, well, then there's... You know, there's, there's a long campaign to come this summer in Queensland. OK. It is a good race, though, and it's made even more intriguing, fascinating because of the barrier draw. Uh, they're going to run time. There's no question. Yeah, I think so. I think they will. Um, I think a lot of horses on that front row are going to have a really good shot at uh, crossing Future Assured, who's drawn the pole. Um, Tizzle Sizzler gets out really well. Uh, hot and treacherous is no slouch. And we all know that the gazelle's on the front line in the form of turn it up. So it's going to be interesting to see how they actually do settle. One thing I've noticed since the track renovation, Chris, is that horses drawn out wide, five, six, seven, it's actually been a little bit more difficult to slingshot over. Okay. So uh, I reckon that it's going to be a bit of a mad charge to that first turn for position. And um, we'll see what happens. Does Black Sedate dance get driven handlebars down and say, let's roll? Uh, yeah, great race. Jeez, our, our free-for-all depth here in Queensland now is, is excellent and can't wait for it. Well, that theory is going to be put to the, uh, the the ultimate test tomorrow night with Turn It Up drawn out in gate six. Do you have him getting over? Chris, I've doubted Turn It Up a few times. You know, you think, oh, on this setup he won't get over, but he just proves me wrong every time. Um, I, think he, I think he'll just get over, yes. OK, furthermore to that, is there a possibility he may look for cover? 
I think over the mile, Shane's game plan would be, of course, to hold. Um, but if he's worked extraordinarily hard to actually get the top and he can sense that Grant stayed peg-lined, maybe, just maybe, he'd sit on a, a hot and treacherous or a black sedan. But, you know, we'll find out on the night. OK. Uh, just on the peak of the creek, RD's flash. Andrew just outlined they've just absolutely hammered him in betting. Do you have him as a clear on-top uh, choice? Yeah, Chris, I do. I've always liked this horse. He's got uh, really good high-end ability, solid gate speed. I think he can do enough to hold up. And for mine, I think it should be the, the price he is now is the right price, sort of that $1.90 mark. I think this race might be a bit of a replica of last year where the horses, uh, one, two, three, the pegs, feel the trifecta. Um, I think that's how it will set up again with a rotor. And I'm confident Whistler a Secret will probably turn left and, and sit three pegs. And I, I think they're the three, but, I, yeah, I have Artie Flash on top for sure. Mm. It's a good field, isn't it? Great field, yeah. yeah. It's certainly, as you've alluded to this week, um, it's certainly taken over that sort of uh, prestige that the Premier's Cup had. Yeah, no doubt. All right, 10 races tomorrow night. Uh, where do we find your best bet? Are you focusing on Albion Park or going into state? Yeah, Chris, um, one best bet for the weekend for me is going to come up in the last at Albion Park. Race 10, number two, so extra. He gets into a band five, over the mile, drawing low. Alana Richardson takes a drive. She's got a really good affinity with this horse. I think it can punch out, find the top, dictate, and prove too good. All right, we've got to be patient. Race 10, number two, so extra. Ryan, as always, appreciate the time. We'll chat again next week. Great, Chris. Cheers, mate. There's Ryan Spice joining us. So his best bet in the last race tomorrow night, race 10, number two, so extra. Darren Clayton joins us each and every Friday. He's online now. Darren, good morning. Are you there, Darren? Hello. Yes, you've got me there. Yep, indeed we do. So you've had a little bit more time since Wednesday to pour over the form. You've heard the comments from both Andrew and Ryan. So how does this race play out, uh, the Be Good Johnny Sprint? What does Grant Dixon do from gate eight? Yeah, I, I think with, um, you know, with an eye to the to further into the carnival, I don't think he'll be easing straight off, like easing straight back. I think if the opportunity there... You know, should happen to bob up, he'll definitely move off the fence. But um, this might just be his opportunity just to um, have a nice little run, nice little close out, see what he can do, hope for some luck and, and go from there. I don't think he achieves anything by um, giving him a gut buster at the mile, especially if we're going to see him again next week in the Queensland Cup. Uh, as Steve mentioned, that uh, he was told that, you know, two runs in November, so you'd expect those two runs to be... Uh, this week in the Beagle Johnny Sprint and next week in the Queensland Cup. So with those two in mind, I don't think they achieve anything by, um, you know, really giving a real hard hit out in terms of um, going all out to, to get around them and, and then have to really work in the run, which would be what would happen if, if that's how they attacked it. So, you know, who knows? It's, um, you know, we, we've seen that he enjoys the racing and gets through it and, you know, that might be a good good test for him with the, the three runs in the week coming ahead. It's just so intriguing as to how it all plays out. But uh, it, I, I, I can foresee that um, he's just a, a quiet run in behind the speed and see how he goes. All right. Do you have turn it up leading or do you think there might be some chance of a little surprise at the start here? 
Yeah, well, I certainly think he can... He's definitely going to be first to the pegs. I don't think Future Assured can uh, do enough to keep him out, that's for sure. Um, what, I, what I have done, Chris, is gone back through the form. Now, Turn It Up has had a frontline draw over the mile 13 times at Albion Park. 12 of those times, he's led the race, regardless of the, the grade of race. Um, the only time he did hand up, it was to Black Sedance, and he finished second to Black Sedance on that occasion. Black Sedance went 150.9 in winning. So in 13 starts, he's handed up once when he's drawn the front line over the mile. Well, that, that, that's a telling stat. It is, and, um, you know, you, you'd expect under that scenario and that race was in 2021 so he's had about another half a dozen runs since that at the mile off a front line um of where he's done it so i i expect he leads and um he chances his arm and um and goes from there and i think under that situation i think a horse like hot and treacherous or future assured are the two biggest threats if leap to fame stays on the fence so uh, there's so many scenarios you can yeah. run through um you know you probably get giddy yourself just trying to work it out so um with all that in mind I, I've, I've come back to put leap to fame on top purely off the fact that he's the best horse in the race and you turn yourself inside out trying to work out different scenarios so We'll put the best horse on top, but uh, a bit like Ryan said, I think it's probably a good race to just watch and really enjoy some top quality horses who are few of the, the lesser performed horses out to boost their inter-dominion rankings with those next round of rankings not too far away. Mm. What about the peak of the creek? Uh, it's one-way traffic, according to the market here. Andrew said the money has just been relentless for RD's flash. He went the quickest of the four heats on Tuesday. Therefore, he had first choice with the barrier. They went with barrier one. Do you have him on top? No, I don't, Chris. Um, I think he leads. Um, but I thought this was a really good opportunity for a road. I, um, I was really taken with his win in the heat. Um, sat three fence and when he got out really hit the line nicely the, the closing splits across all the four heats probably don't support uh, that as a run as much but I just think visually what he did there and um, take take benefit one interesting fact that um, I sort of came across with in the um, going through it all and and trying to work out who backs up and who does well out of the four days the four heat winners None of the four heat winners had had a start in October. Now, that final, well, the heat, first round heat was the last day of October, 31st of October. So, RD's Flash's previous run was the 16th of September. OK, Boomers was July. Eroders was July. And Whisper of Secrets was late in September. So, um, they were all fresh into that. So, um, can't really get too much of a gauge on who's going to improve off it or will it be too hard because they were all first fresh up so it's a bit of a tricky one to follow in that I've ended up coming up with a rotor on top purely off the fact I think he gets that ideal trip on the back of RD's flash and you're talking about um, you know RD's flash looks like he follows speed really well and he was able to slot into the 1-1 it was a neat piece of driving from Pete in that heat slid across didn't really have to go too hard from gate seven to find the one one and and then finished off really nicely whereas a few of the others okay boomer did it in front a road a three fence and whisper a secret from behind the leader so 
Um, yeah, I, I just think Artie's flash, he probably doesn't have anything to hand up to. The only thing would be is um, how much pressure OK Boomer applies early. He comes out equal with him from gate two. It's hard to cross. We know when you're drawn side by side. And the only other one would be Iron Boo. Now, he led off gate one in his heat, 25.8 off the arm. That was the race that uh, had a few little hiccups with the timing, 25.8. Um, I've gone back and had a look at it. He did get out pretty slippery. So, um, you know, is he one that comes across and has a, a good hard look in the early stages? Yeah, I think he will. I think he has to. Well, he's not... Uh, he's probably not a horse that can come with one run from back in the field. What we've seen of him so far, he is a, a free-rolling type. So, um, you know, he goes up and has a good early look. Well, um you know he's going to put the pace into the race, that's for sure. So could he possibly be one that Pete opts for cover on? And then, um, But that said, leader Peter, mm. he'll be probably out in front doing his thing. Yeah. What about race four? Several of the uh, ID23 inter-dominion trotting types are stepping out here. I know you're a big fan of Adele. We've got to take her on trust. But what are your thoughts on this race, race four? Yeah, it's um, it's a cracking trot race. Um Adele, yeah, I think she'll be... Um, I was speaking to Jack Butler last Saturday night. He was a little bit disappointed just that last run. Um, but he thinks she's going super and can certainly bounce back in this race. She, of course, is a, a right outside draw horse, so she was always going to draw out out the back there. Um, I think she's strong enough. I think um, the, the fact that she can get around them or can got good high speed... I can probably, I've mapped this race as she probably gets put into the race not long after the, the field sort of settles down into formation. She comes around and, and be happy enough to sit parked and um, try and put them away. So uh, it's a cracking field. Uh, it probably, I was trying to work out whether this is a good result or not for Majestic Harry. There's been a scratching of my Alderman Eddie who was drawn inside the second line. That moves Majestic Harry to inside the second line now so um, Majestic Lavros I've got him as leading um, so if he can get Majestic Harry to the passing lane it probably puts him in a great spot um, I think Majestic Lavros will be much sharper this week his first up run he worked to the front over the mile ran really good time that was his first run in a few months and then he had about six weeks off and then just peaked on his run last time out on the 21st of October. It was Majestic Harry who beat him on that occasion. Um, he looked gone on the home turn, but he dug in really strongly. Only got beaten eventually 5.4 metres. So, you know, he leads them up again. Uh, I expect we'll see a, a vastly improved horse this time around Majestic Lavros. So really keen to see how he goes. Um, like I said, all that... All that being done, I think Adele wins this race, but uh, it certainly presents an opportunity for both Majestic Lavros, Majestic Harry, mm. um, to, to get their opportunity. And the other one was Funny Face, Pete McMullen, picking up the drive. Interestingly, that uh, sugar and spice we don't see in this race, um, especially being a mobile, how good she's been. So 
Pete picks up the drive on Funny Face, and she's been a super little mare for Jack Butler as well since she's arrived. Yeah, well, I think it might be a leader-behind-leader scenario just looking at it. That's a fairly significant scratching there of my ultimate Eddie. So that's race four. Queensland's best mare returns to racing tomorrow night. Uptown Beach Girl in a race eight, the Garrard's Queen of the Creek. She's drawn gate seven. She's going to have to earn it if she comes out on top. Yeah, certainly is, especially first up. Uh, gate 7, no favours. Uh, we spoke last week about that trial, just sort of saying I didn't really know what to, to really take from it. But again, of course, trials, you don't get paid for them. So um, I think she wins this race. I think, uh, I think if Holy Stars had a drawn the front line and drawn inside her, would have made it a much different scenario. But I think the other three mares that... Um, could really test Uptown Beach Girl. They've all drawn the second line, 8, 9, 10, might as well, Holy Stars, Miss Macho. So um, I think Nathan Dawson can just light the fuse early here, zip across, find the front, and um, if not find the front, probably sit outside Wild Imagination and uh, and put her away. So I, I think she leads and wins. The other thing, going back through her form, both... Uh, her last two times that she's been first up from a break, she's won on both occasions. A little bit tougher this time, but um, I think she can do enough to win this race. OK, next week we've got the forever goal. That's worth, what, uh, just over 50k. Do you think there's going to be a few extra mares from interstate coming up for that race? I'm hearing my sweet Sabrina, who was the beaten favourite in that Breeders' Challenge four-year-old final last week. should be She could be headed this way. Do you think a few of those Sydney stables might look at that feature next week as well? I think perhaps some of those Sydney stables will certainly look at it as a hit-and-run mission, especially sort of uh, Jack Trainer with, um, you know, Braview Kelly, those type of mares, especially with 50000 on offer. I think it's worth them coming up. Maybe... Not so much at any Victorian ones, but uh, definitely some New South Wales interest, I think, would come for that, especially uh, then also with the uh, the Queensland Cup being worth a little bit more money as well. So, um, you know, there might be a few that uh, have two or three horses come up just for a, a one-night hit-and-run mission. Yeah, it wouldn't shock, would it? Uh, we've got ten races tomorrow night. Where do we find Darren Clayton's best bet? Uh... Race two, horse number 12, Saint Crusader, um, comes up off a last start third behind my ultimate Ronnie in the Breeders' Challenge final last week. Um, he, he's an outs well, he's not an outside draw horse, but, um, or sorry, he is an outside draw horse. Um, so he drew outside the front, was always going to be a big ask in that, uh, in that big race. Thought it was a good effort, he was beaten. 21 metres, but my ultimate Ronnie is a, a class above. We get to see St Crusader come out of that race back into a qualifying race here and I think despite gate 12 he should be far too good, so he's the best. Race 2, number 12 um, a bit like last week too, where we were all on the same page, I think So Extra looks a good bet in the last as well. Okay, what about the dashboard? Is that up on the RQ website? That is up and about. Um, a bit like us this time of year with the Inter-Dominion coming around. Um, driver to follow, it's hard to go past Nathan Dawson. You go through his drives, uh, he's got... I could, looking at them on paper, um, he could walk away with, with a, a f quite a number of winners here. He's got Captain Shuffles, he's got Teddy Disco, he's got Adele, uh, Hot and Treacherous, Uptown Beach Girl, Bronski Delight... 
Um, and then some others there that I didn't even mention that could also bother. He's got Ultimate Huey in the last. He could certainly feature as well. So it's a strong book for Nathan after only a, a light week last week with just the four. Um, he gets a, a full book tomorrow night and I can see him walking away with quite a few winners. All right. Well, that's up on the website as we speak. Now, uh, also tomorrow with Tab, they've got a quaddy jackpot tomorrow night. So races five through eight, $20,000 jackpot amount, projected pool $100,000. So it's well worth checking out for sure and certain. The first of 10 at 6.08. Darren, appreciate the time. We'll see you trackside tomorrow night. Yeah, looking forward to it, Chris. It's... Uh um, it's a few, great few couple of weeks. Can't wait.